and everybody. I feel like there's extra pressure now. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Um, if you were with us last week, um, you, you might remember that Pastor Richie asked us a question. In fact, he encouraged us to ask ourselves a question. Does anybody remember what that question was? Come on, somebody's going to remember, right? It was, why living grace? Remember? Remember that? At the very beginning, yeah, it was the very beginning of the message, right? He asked the question, why living grace? And that got me thinking, maybe a little bit more globally, why church? Why church? Why do people come to church? Um, It probably wouldn't surprise you that when they um, do studies and things like that about why people come to church, they find that people are looking for something. They're looking for something bigger than themselves. they, They feel like something's missing. Like I said, that might not be surprising to you. What this might be surprising to you, though, that they found that people are really lonely. People come to church because they're lonely. And in fact, back in around 1980, they did a study and they found that at any given moment, 20% of Americans are lonely. 1980, 20% of Americans were lonely at any given moment. By 2010, that number had doubled. Doubled to 40%. At any given moment, 40% of Americans are feeling lonely. Is that kind of shocking? Kind of weird? I mean, we are right now more connected than any time in human history. Right? We got internet, um, there's all kinds of social media stuff, right? I mean, how many people have like thousands of friends on Facebook? Right? Um, you got friends on Facebook, you got followers, and you're following people on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, you got what do you call them? Snapchatters on Snapchat. Right? We are more connected now than we've ever, ever been. And yet, we are more lonely. I, I can kind of relate. I mean, I've been lonely at times. Many times in the past, I felt lonely. Um, Maybe some of you all are going through a season of loneliness. That, you know, maybe you lost a loved one or you're um, in that uh, empty nest stage. You know, or maybe things just aren't going that well in your marriage or another important relationship. And you get this sense of loneliness those of you who um, 
know me know that I am a dyed-in-the-wool introvert, and I can tell you that probably some of the most lonely times I've ever had were in a large crowd of people. And, but I can tell you even more so that in, lately, not much, very recently, but in, in the recent past, I felt most lonely when my wife, and Je- my wife Jennifer and I are arguing. I felt really lonely. I mean, it's, isn't that weird? I mean, isn't that weird to kind of feel, you know, having an argument with my wife? And I just get this sense of loneliness. Any of you all feel that? Can we all relate to being lonely at one time or another? But, but wait a minute, wait. I'm remembering now, I'm speaking to a room full of Christians, right? Christians don't get lonely, right? We don't get lonely. We have the Lord with us, and we are never lonely. Is that right? Have you ever felt guilty about feeling lonely? Like, maybe I shouldn't be feeling lonely. Wait a minute, is there there something wrong with my relationship with God? Because I feel lonely? Maybe somebody told you that, suggested that. that Maybe you're feeling lonely. Maybe there's something wrong with your walk. Hmm. That feeling of loneliness... um, really is part of the human condition. It is something that we've, I'd suggest we've all felt at one time or another, sometimes more profoundly and sometimes less. I found a couple of interesting quotes about loneliness, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of them. I just picked out a few. The first, by Mother Teresa. Now, here's a woman who understands poverty, right? I mean, she spent her life in some of the most impoverished places, on the planet, and she said that loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. Wow. Can you relate to that? Isn't that crazy? That a woman who spent her life, like I said, I mean, in the slums and knows what poverty looks like, says loneliness is the worst, the most terrible poverty. Um, there's another quote that says, to feel the pain of loneliness is to feel death's embrace by an unknown author. Wow. Pretty serious. T.S. Lewis, who's a famous playwright and poet, was talking about hell. And he said, what is hell? Hell is oneself. Hell is alone. The other figures in it merely projections There is nothing to escape from and nothing to escape to. One is always alone. Wow. Being alone is tough. That feeling of loneliness is tough. Why did God make that part of the human condition then? What is going on with that? What does God say about that? That is that all good? Well, what I was reminded of is um, in Genesis chapter two, uh, verse eighteen, nineteen. Um, 
It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. It's not good. Now, let's look at the context of that. Y'all remember in Genesis chapter 1, right? God's creating the heavens and the earth. He's creating everything on the, you know, in the universe and the planet. And after each day, at the end of each day, what does he say? It was good, right? So it was good, 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 it was good. And then we don't even get, we get about halfway through chapter 2. And there's something that's not good. It's not good that the man is alone. Now, the rest of the context of that is even more puzzling because first, I mean, that word alone in that verse, the Hebrew word, ironically, is the Hebrew word bad. That's how it's pronounced, bad. So if we spelt it in English, it would be B-A-D. It's kind of interesting. But it, what it means is not only to be alone, but to be separated. Um, it's likened to a limb, a, bo- a body part that's not part of the body, or a branch that's not part of a tree. And in fact, the root of that word talks about aloneness and solitude like a soldier who's separated from his troops. Not good. And in fact, you know, was, so I'm pondering, you know, was Adam lonely? And I'm reminded that what it explains is that God and he, first they were looking, right? They said, they looked through the animals and not a sufficient mate for, or companion for Adam could be found anywhere. So they're searching, right? And not a good enough companion for Adam could be found. And, and yet, we were also told in Genesis that Adam is actually walking with God in the garden. So Adam's got God's like full attention almost. You know, he's like one-on-one, and yet he's alone, and it's not good. That kind of tells us something, doesn't it, that God made us for more certainly not less than relationship with him, but to be in relationship with others also. And another hint that I got, not only just that word alone, but that Adam was probably alone, and not only was he alone, but kind of lonely, is his reaction when he first saw Eve. Right, because the second half of that verse is, so, you know, the Lord God said, it's not good that the man be alone, so I will create a helper suitable for him. 
And so Eve is created. Do y'all remember what Adam did when he first saw Eve? He sang a song. Now, okay, she was naked, but he sang a song. (laughs) He was overjoyed in his heart to have someone. To have someone with whom he can be in relationship. And by the way, remember that this is all happening in Genesis chapter 2. Sin is not introduced until Genesis chapter 3. So it wasn't sinful for Adam to be alone or to feel lonely. Hmm. Now that's interesting, isn't it? And the the Apostle Paul uh, also kind of talks about this as the church, you know, as people, we need to be in community. We need to be in relationship. And he used an analogy or, you know, to me, more than an analogy, is describing the church as the body, a body, in fact, a single body, right? So in, uh, in Roman, in fact, he did it in two different places, once in his letter to the church in Rome and once in his first letter to the church in Corinth. And in Romans um, uh, 12, 4 to 5, Paul writes, for just as each of us has one body with many members... And these members do not have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. So you see how Paul is describing the church as one body. Together, we have different functions, yes, but we are one body. And like I said, he uses that same um, kind of word picture uh, when he uh, wrote his letter, his first letter to the um, church in Corinth, uh, in, ver- in excuse me, in chapter twelve, uh, verses twelve to thirteen, he says, "For example, the body is one unit and yet has many parts. As all the parts form one body, so it is with Christ. By one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body." And he goes on actually in verse twenty-five. And he says, God's purpose was that the body should not be divided, but rather that all its parts should feel the same concern for each other. If one part of the body suffers, all the parts or all the other parts share its suffering. If one part is praised, all the others share in its happiness. You are Christ's body and each of you is an individual part of it. So, although we can and do feel alone and could feel lonely, we are designed to be in a relationship like, as described like one body. And we've talked about, you know, called the church the body and, you know, in many different contexts, but the 
I bet you all were wondering what's behind there, huh? Um, is what if you're a member of the body but you're totally disconnected that you're a hand. You have the gifts of a hand but you're disconnected from the rest of the body. What good are you? What good is a hand if it's not attached to an arm, attached to a, a torso, attached to the rest of the body? What good is it? You could be an arm or a hand or a foot, but if you're not connected to the body, you're useless. You can even be an eyeball. But if you're in a jar, what good are you? You're useless. You're of no use to the body, are you? Are these eyes any u- of any use to the rest of the body? No. We have to be connected, right? God gifted us to be, like Paul talked about, you know, some are an eye and some are, you know, like a nose and, you know, the eye doesn't, or, you know, the mouth doesn't say to the foot, you know, what good are, you know, I don't need you. We all are needed, but we have to be connected to the body to be of any use. I mean, there's a kind of an older song by Casting Crowns that uh, it's called If if we are the body, and its chorus goes, you know, if, um, if we're or, uh, the feet, why aren't we walking? If we're the hands, why aren't we healing? Can a foot that is not connected walk? Can hands that are not connected to the body heal? No way. The body needs to be together. It needs to be in one body. Even more disturbing than eyeballs in a jar. (laughs) Another word picture, and to me again, it's more than a word picture, it's more than a metaphor, an analogy, that God in Scripture talks about the church. What's the other analogy or the other word picture that God gives us of the church? The bride. Right? The bride of Christ. I mean, I've heard Christians say, yep, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus, I don't go to church, I don't want anything to do with church. I don't like the church. Let me ask you guys, if you had a buddy who said to you, man, I am with you, I am your friend, we are in it. Well, I don't like your wife. She's a hypocrite. She's judgmental. And I know her past. And you may have forgiven her. But I haven't. And you may think she's beautiful, but all I see is all those warts. 
You guys going to be friends for long? How about you ladies? If you had a friend who said, yeah, I love you and we are friends forever. But your husband, I want nothing to do with him. He's a bum. Are you guys going to be friends for long? Is that not what Jesus hears when we tell him? I want nothing to do with church. I'm, no, no, I'm not. No, church. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I, you know, I'm with you, Jesus. But I want nothing to do with your bride. Hmm. And worse yet, is that in Revelation 19, it explained when Jesus returns, how does he, how's it described? It's a wedding feast. Well, if you have that friend who says, hey, buddy, you know, I'm with you, but I want nothing to do with your wife. Is he coming to the wedding? Are you inviting him? Probably not. And even if you did, he's probably not going to show. Well, guess what? We have waiting for us when Jesus returns. A wedding feast. The wedding of the Lamb to his bride. The Lamb, Jesus, to his bride. And if we are saying to the church, I want nothing to do with you, I, nope. Are we showing up at the wedding? So the call is, if you are not connected in relationship the body of Christ, with the church, if you are not doing life together with the church, you're about as useful as this. You're as helpful as this, as these Kind of sobering, isn't it? But we were designed to be in relationship. To be in relationship with God, but in relationship with his bride as well. This is not optional. This is not negotiable. This is a done deal. For the Christian, you, there is no option. It, that's all there is to it. You have to be involved in the church you cannot just come on Sundays and warm a chair. Well, like many of you know, I love music videos, and this is actually one I showed at the men's retreat, but if you guys would key this one on up. I know this 
just knew I wish you never thought you had to go Wish you never thought you had to leave Together we can lift each other up We can build a shelter for the weak No So I started my talk with a uh, reminder about the first man in that first garden. I want to end it with a reminder about another garden several thousand years after that first garden 
there was another garden. And there was another man. And he was all alone. And it was not good. He was so alone. All of his friends had abandoned him. That he asked them to just stand watch while I pray. They fell asleep. And again, and did it again. And as he was praying, he knew what he was about to face. That he was going to face loneliness like had never, ever been experienced. And it caused so much stress that he literally like sweat blood. And all of his friends did abandon him. And then, and he was beat and scourged and spit on and left alone to die on a cross. Where on that cross, he experienced the ultimate in loneliness. In fact, for that moment in time, he was for once in all eternity separated from his heavenly father, all alone. And he did that so that we would never have to experience that ultimate loneliness that T.S. Lewis talked about, that ultimate of being forever alone. So, Jesus Christ took on all the loneliness that we could never, ever bear and bore it for us so that, again, we would never, ever have to face that loneliness, that we could, for all eternity, be with him and never, ever be alone. So church, are you in? Huh? Wait, I thought I heard some murmuring. Are you in? Are you wanting to be part of the body? Oh, oh, oh yes. Oh, do you want to be an actual uh, useful part of the body? Or do you want to just be one of these? You want to bring the eyeballs out again, right? <laughs> what is it? Do you want... Are you saying that, yes, you are going to be? You, if you're not already, that you are going to not just be here on Sunday sitting and warming a seat? That you're going to be part of the body of Christ, a useful, working part of the body of Christ that, is, that God designed you to be part of and to give your gifts to? Are you in? Re- no, really, are you in? I know some of you, though, are in that season of loneliness right now. And you need the body more than ever, the body of Christ. You need the church more than ever because it is the cure. Our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with other is the cure for loneliness. And I see some of you all nodding your head. So what I'd like you to do is look to your neighbor 
Tell them you're not alone. Tell them. Mean it. Do you mean it? Tell them you're not alone. Do you mean it? If you really mean it, are you willing to say, turn back to that neighbor and say, I'm with you? Are you? It says in Galatians 6 2 that we are to bear each other's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Are you willing to tell your neighbor that you are with them? Do it. Then do it. Are you willing to say, I'm with you? You are not alone and I am with you. What would it look like, church, if we really were one body? If we really were um, working as like we're designed to work? You hands are really part of that body. You eyeballs are part of that body. And you are doing what you're supposed to do. You're doing what you, God designed you to do. What would it look like? And if you were meant, and we're all meant to be in that in relationship, it's not just, like I said, not just coming on Sundays and sitting, you know, on a seat. It's letting your guard down and being part of that relationship. You know what it, part of it would look like? Is those sign-up sheets in the foyer would be full for the light groups and the budget suites and the koinonias and all the other things that we have here for you, those, there wouldn't be enough room for the names. That's what it would look like. So if you meant what you said, when it's time to go, sign up. Get involved. Be part of the church, be, do, it's about doing life together. So, what I want to do, well, let's just pray. Father, we are so thankful, Lord, for all that you have done for us. That we are even thankful that you have made us to feel lonely as that warning sign, that reminder that it's not good that we be alone, that we were not to be our own island. Lord, forgive us <laughs> when we reject your church, when we reject how you've designed us to be part of the body, of your body. Lord, when we just, because of our own pride or our own fears, Lord, that we are rejecting you. Lord, we thank you so much for your willingness, not only willingness, but you're actually taking on the only loneliness that really could get to could get us, Lord, so that we would never have to experience it. Lord, give us the courage to step out in faith, to let our guard down and be in relationship with each other, Lord, because we know that 
through it, you will do great things. You will grow us and you will grow the church. You will grow our relationship with you. Lord, so Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we go, um, like I said, I did, I saw several people who were kind of nodding their heads and, um, you know, how about if you get with the person who you, I just, you just said that you're not alone. Why don't you just pray, pray for them with them right now. So y'all did that. Go and get into little groups right now and start and pray for each other for, uh, you know, because like there was definitely some folks who were feeling kind of lonely and, um, but I'd encourage you to pray with each other right now and take a few minutes and do that. And when you're done with that, go sign up. Sign up and be in the body.